0: Anyway, good morning. Welcome to Journey. We are glad you are here today. Thanks for hanging out with us on this uh, long weekend, I think, for most of you. Hope you are enjoying it in some way this weekend. Uh, I got to admit, there's a little part of me that still lives back in middle school, all right? And here's what I mean, that uh, when I have a ball of trash or a piece of paper and I ball it up and there's an open wastebasket in the room I'm in, I'm taking the shot every single time. Anybody else like to do that? Any other middle schoolers in here? All right, good. Uh, Last weekend, we were getting ready for services. It was about 6.45. Kara and I are over in the office, and I just finished eating breakfast. I'm balling up my trash. Across my office, there's an open wastebasket, and I take the shot, and I miss it. Kara just happened to be walking through the door to my office at that time, and she looked, and she said, are are you going to pick up your missed shot? I was like, well, no, I'm going to leave it there because, you know, i got to figure out why I missed the shot. I don't know what happened between me saying those words (laughs) and the next couple of seconds because the next words out of Kara's mouth were, oh, you mean like at home when you shoot your clothes to the laundry basket and you miss and you leave them on the floor. (laughs) I was like, yes, exactly like that. I Working on my shot. Needless to say, we had a good long conversation after that, but we laughed about it, right? We laughed about it. And we looked at each other. Of course, I went and picked up my trash and made a slam dunk. But, um, <laughs> but it was in that moment that I kind of looked at her and we looked at each other. I'm thinking, you know what? We are better together. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be in this series called Better Together. Now, we're not going to talk about my marriage in the next few weeks. Uh, We're not going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about what better together looks like within the church. And we're actually going to go back to the book of Philippians. This letter this guy named Paul writes to this church in Philippi. And, And I know some of you, you're like, wait, we just finished this series. Why do we have to keep going through this? Well, there's a really good reason. When you look at this letter, you're going to find that Paul really hits two areas of life. Like on the one hand, he talks about the personal level, right? And, and that was the last series. We, we talked about how this, this letter speaks to us even today and, and how we live our life. And then there's the other side to this. There's the church side. And that's what we're going to focus on. So uh, over the next few weeks, as we go back through this letter, we're going we're gonna to talk about what it looks like for us to be better together as a church. Because there's nothing I think better ...than being together when it comes to this thing that we call the church and this church community. Well, we're going to spend our time today in Philippians chapter 1. We're actually going to go to the very beginning of Philippians. And, uh, and our theme this week is called partnering together. All right, so we're going to talk about partnering together. But let's start at the very beginning. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, says this. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus including the church leaders and deacons, Greetings are pretty important, right? We want to make sure that we uh, greet someone when we see them. And a lot of times, greetings allow us to to take the next step in this conversation that we're having together. And and that's what Paul's doing here. He's he's setting up everything he's getting ready to write after this. There's a couple of pieces to this real quick. I'm going to hit in this verse. First, he puts the name Timothy out there. Timothy was his apprentice, uh, Timothy was his student, and so Paul is investing in Timothy's life. He wants Timothy to be just like him. He wants him to be this pastor who goes and plants churches and helps lead churches, and so he's spending all this time with Timothy. Timothy, He's like, hey, Timothy, we're, we're really good together, like we partner together on this mission that we are on, right? And so we, we're introduced to this guy named Timothy, but then we read this. He says these words, he says, I am writing to all of God's holy people. see that word holy there and I think our mind probably goes to this place of saying man these these people must have been perfect like they must have been really really religious that's not really what that term means Paul means they're different he's saying you all are different than the world you're living your life or attempting to live your life differently from the world. And so he says, you're, you're God's holy people. You're doing the best you can to follow Jesus, and you're, you're doing a good job at that. And so here at the very beginning, Paul introduces himself, he introduces Timothy, and he begins to set up the rest of this letter. But then he has a prayer in verse 2. He says, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Again, we have this prayer here, and it's interesting, the last two words we see there, grace and peace. Grace was a word the Greeks would use when you would uh, greet someone for the first time, and it meant good, goodwill. It meant favor. Uh, peace was the way, if you were Hebrew, you would greet someone, and it meant this Really, this holistic um, your 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 well being. You just it's not like the peace we think about. It's your social, your your physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual life. It's just all really entwined and it's strong together. And so here's Paul who's saying to them, "Here's this prayer that I've been praying for you that you'll have grace and peace." Now, think about this. He's really connecting these two cultures. Talked about this in the last series, how there in this church in Philippi, you had some people that had a Jewish background, so peace would have connected with them. But you had a lot of people who were out of the Greek background, and so grace would have connected to them. And so he prays this prayer like, hey, I pray that God's good goodwill and favor is on you as you, as you find your full peace, your holistic peace through God. And so again, he shares a prayer with them. But what we're going to do is spend the rest of our time on this next piece to this passage. In verse 3, he says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. I want to focus on one word that Paul uses here and Is translated as the word partners. The Greek word right there is actually the word koinonia. Now, if you and I were to define koinonia today, so often we define it as fellowship, right? Uh, And when we think about fellowship, we think about grilling steaks on the grill, nice little fire pit going, eating s'mores, of course, with no marshmallows in it, but you're eating s'mores, hanging out together right we we understand that word the fellowship but that's not what koinonia fully means it's not just about fellowship it's not just about relationships koinonia is all about relationships and mission together that we are on the same team we're on the same mission working towards the same goal We are partnering together to live all of that out. And so the translation for that for us is partners, which I think fits pretty well. Because think about some of the partnerships that we have. I mean, I will go back to marriage for a second. Kara and I, this year, we will celebrate 24 years of marriage, 24 years of partnership. Yep, we're still going strong. And I know the date too, so I'm good there. Only because it's our son's birthday, so that helps quite a bit. Yeah, we don't really get celebrated actually that much. But, um, but we have this relationship together, right? We have this relationship and we're working on that, but we're also on mission together too. Like, what's the mission? Well, our mission is our relationship. Our mission is our family. Our mission is what we do for Christ, what we do for this church. I mean, all those things are intertwined. There's this partnership. There's this koinonia that we have within our marriage, and maybe you have that within your marriage, but it's not just marriages. We have that at work. Uh, we have that in the military. We have that in our co-ops that we're part of. We, we have that in the schools that we work in because we have relationships with the people that are there, but we're also on mission together. So we could call that koinonia. And so here's Paul who's saying just that. He's like, hey, you're great partners because you have these strong relationships with each other, with me. But at the same time, we know we're on this mission together. And for Paul, that means helping more and more people follow Jesus. Now, of course, the idea of partnership should still be true in the church world Today, where we strengthen the relationships that are within this place called the church, right? But at the same time, we understand that we are on mission together. And for us here at The Journey, that means we are helping people take their next steps towards Jesus. But I think there's a problem here. I think there's some tension that lies for the church in today's world. Now, when I talk about church this morning, a lot of that I mean the global church, right? I'm not just saying the journey church, I'm saying the churches all over the place, maybe primarily in America, to be honest. But there's a tension here because, on the one hand, when it comes to Koinonia, we get the partnership piece, we do it really well. Like, we can grill some really mean steaks, can't we? And you know what? If we got vegetarians, we'll bring some Beyond Meat burgers just to make sure everybody feels good about being there, don't we? And, and then we can, we, can, we can put together a really kicking fire pit. And again, s'mores for me minus the marshmallows. And we can do some amazing chatting about life. We're really, really good about that. But, but church isn't a social club. Church is so much more than that. It should be about building these relationships so that we can be on mission together. Now, why is it in the church we really struggle with this? Well, I think it's because of this thing we call membership. Uh, maybe you come out of the church world and, and you grew up in the church. or Maybe you came from another church to come here. And so you understand membership. Membership has kind of been the church structure for, for many, many years. And, and the idea kind of is, you know, you end up at a church and you, you get there and you're like, hey, I want to be a member. And they're like, all right, great. Take this membership class, and then once you finish that, you know, you can be a member. Or, um, hey, you know, for our church, you got to be baptized in that church or in the church to be a member. Or maybe just go talk to a staff person. They're like, sure, we'll put you on the books. And, I mean, again, there's kind of various scenarios when it comes to this idea of membership in the church world. Technically, and probably better yet, biblically, uh, there's no precedence for membership anywhere in Scripture. Uh, we, we don't find it in the New Testament church. We don't find it in the book of Acts. We don't find it in Paul's writings. I mean, we don't find it anywhere in the New Testament, this, this idea of membership. Now, please also hear me. I'm not knocking membership, okay? Uh, I know churches do it, and, but it's, it's, a, it's really a, a construct of the church a little bit later on. And for various reasons, some of them really, really good reasons and others not so good reasons. But, but there's something about when we hear that term membership that, that it kind of skews the way we see the church and really living out koinonia. Let me explain it this way. We're in summer mode, right? It is pool season. And so probably quite a few of you have memberships to your neighborhood pool. I mean, the pools in our neighborhood, they all opened yesterday. And for some reason, people are getting in that 65-degree water. But they're doing it, right? And so that's why you've been working out. That's why you've been eating healthy. That's why you've been eating those Beyond Meat burgers and not the real burgers. You want to look good when you go to the pool. But here's the deal. If you want to go to the pool, you don't just go walking through the gate, go in, grab a seat, and go start swimming, do you? You have to pay to go to the pool. You have to pay a membership fee to be a part of that pool. And once you pay that membership fee, guess what you get to do? You get to walk through the gate, find your seat, and you get to go swimming. You got unlimited access to the pool. As long as it's open, you can be there. If there are events that take place at the pool, guess what? You can sign up and go to those events. And for a little bit extra fee, your kids can be a part of the swim and dive team too, right? I I mean, that's what the pool membership is for. You pay And because you pay, now you are a member and now you get to access everything that's there. But there's something that we struggle with here, I think, because we kind of feel like since I pay for my membership, hey, guess what pool? Now I have expectations for the pool, right? I paid you this fee. Now I have expectations from you. Such things as I expect the bathrooms to be clean. I expect the pH level of the water to be exactly where it needs to be. I expect the snack bar to be open. I expect the snacks in the snack bar to be good snacks. I expect the lifeguards to, you know, guard my life and not be on their phones the whole time. But, right, that's how membership works, right? You pay and then you have expectations of the pool for you. I think this is the way many people view the church. I show up on Sundays a little bit, serve a little bit, I give a little bit. Hey you no, know, since I'm giving something to the church, here are my expectations of the church for me. Now, what happens when the church doesn't meet our expectations? Well, we cause a fit, cause problems, or the best move is just to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go to another church that will hopefully fulfill these expectations I have of the church. I want to be blunt with you this morning. If this is how you view the church, you're missing the whole idea, the whole right reality, the whole purpose, the point of the church. That is not why the church exists, it does not exist for you. It does not exist for our staff. It does not exist for our leaders. It does not exist for me. The church does not exist to meet our expectations. It exists for us to follow Jesus. It exists for us to be in relationship with each other. It exists for us to be on mission together. And so when Paul uses that term partners right here, he's saying, or the word koinonia, he's saying the church is more than just your relationships. It's way more than that. In fact, he says your own mission together. He uses this phrase. He says partners in spreading the good news of Jesus. Same team, same mission, same goal. And nowhere is the church about how, or nowhere does Paul write how the church should exist to meet the expectations that you or I have have and so how does this play out for us here at the journey well about five years ago our leadership team got together and um, we were like hey we really should start to look at all of our policies and procedures everything that we have going on here at the church because church is growing quickly and expanding and we just need to make sure we're in a good place right and so we're looking at structures and and processes and um, and uh, we like hey you know Let's look at the bylaws. And so we were looking through the bylaws and all these other documents, too. And there was something we noticed about our bylaws. Our bylaws were great for a church of about 100 people. And our bylaws were really great if the church was still back in 1974. And so as we were kind of reading through that, we were like, these things have got a little age on them. And in some ways, it really made it hard for us to be on mission Together. And so as we were kind of were thinking through this, as we were looking through these bylaws, we came across membership and and realized it was a tension point for us. Let me, let me explain how membership used to go here. Membership used to be you'd come here to the journey, or maybe you were here for a long time, you're like, hey, we want to be a member. And, uh, and you go talk to a staff member, you go talk to a lead pastor maybe, and, uh, and then on Sunday mornings, you used to do these things, and they kind of like altar call type things, you'd come up front, you know, you'd repeat after somebody, and you're like, hey, yep, you're a member there. And again, various structures, scenarios. If you weren't baptized, you know, we're like, hey, you know, really your first step in your spiritual journey is being baptized, and you'd be baptized, and later on, we're like, hey, now that you're baptized, you're following Jesus, do you wanna be a member? Yeah, great, wonderful, you know, put your hand up, all that kind of fun stuff. But there was something else we noticed about this as we were looking through membership that um, to be a member at The Journey, you only had to show up two times a year. Like 50 Sundays of a year, you could go any other church you wanted to go to, but for two Sundays a year, you could show up here and be a member. You didn't have to be involved in the church at all. But you know what? Membership had its privileges, Right. Because if you're a member and you showed up two times a year you were good to go and that meant you could vote on anything or bring up anything you wanted to bring up and and here's what that meant for us and you're going to think i'm a conspiracy theorist when i say this but this actually happened okay in churches throughout the united states a group could come in and uh, they could act like they weren't a part of like the journey and they could come in and say hey you know we're new we want to get involved And they get involved and they start in leadership and they do all these things But then over time, they'd all become members of these churches, and then they would end up taking over these churches. It was a religious group that was doing this, again, all throughout the United States. They were getting rid of the leadership. They were getting rid of their staff, and they were taking over these churches. They were taking over the structures, the buildings, and honestly, it could have happened here at The Journey. Now, thankfully, thankfully, that never took place. But as our leadership was thinking through this idea of of membership, we were like, it's got to be more than just showing up twice a year, and it's got to be more than just having an opportunity to vote on something. What what does membership look like? Well, the first thing we said, well, membership isn't biblical. So what is that going to look like for us? And so we really landed right here where, where Paul talks about this idea of partnership. And we started to say, well, let's not ask the question, what can the church do for me? That's kind of what membership says, right? We we said, what does God expect of me in this thing called the church? And so I want to spend our, our next few moments talking about this idea of partnership. Because one of the things we actually invite people to do is not to be a member of the journey. We invite you to partner together with us here at The Journey. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a second, but, but hear me out. Even if you're like, hey, I don't want to be a partner, if you call this church home, these, these things I'm getting ready to share with you, we hope that you will live those out in this church community for however long you may be there because we believe like we are better together when we partner together, when we are living out the relationships we have with each other on this mission that we believe God has called us to. And so I want to share with you these six ways that we partner together here at The Journey. First thing I would say is that partnering together means we pray constantly. New people come here to The Journey or I'm out in the community and I meet people and tell them, you know, I work at The Journey and it's amazing to me what I hear. A lot of times it's like, your parking lot is packed out every single Sunday we drive past. I'm like, well, maybe you should stop in and join us, right? Um, but then they ask things like, or say things like, you guys do so much incredible work in the community. How are you guys doing this? What's, what's your secret, right? Like, we've got this secret we've been holding on to for, for many, many years, we don't need anybody to have. I tell them, it goes back to 1974. In 1974, this church was planted here in Springfield. And in 1974, the group of people that started meeting started praying. And that what we are experiencing right now, 49 years later, I truly believe is the culmination of those prayers that started in 1974. I don't think the people that started praying in 1974 knew what the church was going to look like in 2023. But I know they were praying for this church to help be a place where people could have their lives changed by God and be a place that would make a difference in this community. And so we invite you to pray constantly because we never know what our prayers right now will do for us in the present. But let's just be honest. Unless Jesus comes back, this church may be here way beyond our time. And we're praying for the future too. See, I think this church has always taken to heart what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, never stop praying. And so we invite you to pray constantly, to pray for our staff, to pray for our leadership, to pray for each other, to pray for our community. To pray for God's direction, to pray for God's guidance, to pray for opportunities, to pray for, for those uh, local organizations that we work with and the global organizations we support, to always be in prayer for that, to, to pray for more people to take their next steps towards Jesus. Because partnering together means we pray constantly. The second thing I would say is that partnering together means we attend regularly. I know this is a crazy place. I know our schedules are busy. I know that there are activities that we're involved with. And By, by the way, we live in a pretty amazing place if you think about it, right? Like there's so much stuff we can do here. And I, and I don't care how long you live here. You can't do it all. And even if you go out of this area, there's so much to do. Sundays come. Sunday morning. And maybe you're like, oh, you know what? We haven't been to this monument yet. Why don't we go check it out? Or, hey, we've had a really busy week. We can sleep in on Sunday. Why don't we rest? I'm not telling you you can't do those things, but but I do believe there's something powerful about being together in this setting. I'm gonna say this online. I love you, unless you have health issues or a location you live in is far away. I met someone this morning. from California who watches every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Thank you for doing that, but. But I think about that and I'm like, maybe come here every once in a while, join us. And the reason's pretty simple. There's something powerful about being in this room together. Don't turn off your TVs yet, all right? So if you're watching or computers, stay with me. We love you again. We love you. But there's something powerful about being together. It helps grow our faith, it strengthens us, it motivates us for the week ahead. Maybe even there's things that we're facing in our life that we get an opportunity to talk to somebody about on a Sunday and I mean this for us as adults and of course our kids too. I think we see this in the early church, Acts 2. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God, and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, listen to me. We don't keep attendance, we don't have facial recognition cameras. And on Tuesday and staff meetings, we're like, hey, we saw their face, we didn't see theirs. We keep none of that kind of data. This is your decision to make, but we believe there's something powerful about being together in this room on Sunday mornings. And that's why when we partner together, we attend regularly. Third thing I would say is that partnering together means we serve passionately. Membership is about us. Or excuse me, membership is about me. Partnership is about us. And so we say, hey, we want you to serve here at The Journey. It's you getting to this place and saying, hey, this is not about me this is about us, that we are, we are working to build those relationships by serving together. But we also understand we're on mission together. We are partnering together. And, and when we serve, in whatever capacity that may be, that may be Sunday mornings. That may be in one of our ministries that's outside of what happens on Sunday mornings. We're putting all those things together, right? But when we serve, it reminds us that this thing called the church is not about me. Jesus puts it so well, Mark 10 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. We partner together by serving together because we are on mission together. And we serve passionately because we know that this isn't about me. This is about us. And so partnering together is serving passionately. Fourth thing is partnering together means we join willingly. Um, Washington, D.C. is number one. Not in any sports, of course, right? Why would we want to be number one in any sports? Washington, D.C. is the number one loneliest city in the United States. The loneliest city in the United States, 12 miles from here. Number two is St. Louis, Missouri. If you're from St. Louis, too bad you got number one, number two there, right? Hey, don't get all haughty in here. Number three is Alexandria, Virginia. Number three, loneliest city in the United States. Number four is Richmond, Virginia. Within the span of 100 miles, we have three of the top four loneliest cities in the United States, not to mention all the places in between, right? Like you think about this place and everybody's got it together and everybody's got these relationships. No, we live in one of the loneliest places in the United States. Showing up on a Sunday morning, it might help that loneliness a little bit, honestly. Serving in a team, that's going to that's help deal with loneliness that I think probably many of us face. But one of the best ways we know to help people connect and to work through things like loneliness or just what's happening in life is to be a part of a group. Groups help us build and strengthen our relationships with others while at the same time we are on mission together. Because in those groups we're helping other people take their next steps towards Jesus while they're helping us take our next steps towards jesus i mean it really kind of goes back to that passage that we just read in acts and so here at the journey we invite you to be a part of a group now uh, joel and groups team they can't stand when i talk about groups and it's not january or september because they're like hey you know groups are started or groups taking a break but man i i believe in groups so much that um that i want to throw joel's email up here on the screen So you can contact Joel. Joel at thejourneynova.org. Like, hey, I'd love to know more about groups. I know some of you are brand new. Like, we want to be in a group. During the summertime, it's crazy around here, vacations, moving, all these new people coming in and being a part of the journey. So we we try to figure that out a little bit. Some of our groups meet uh, every other week. Um, Most of them meet maybe once or twice during the summer. But I will tell you at the end of July, we have broken our groups into sections and we have a couple of groups coming together to have picnics and kind of party and celebrate together. And so if you're brand new here, you're like, man, we want to be a part of a group. Um, in a second, I'm talking about this at the QR code. Uh, Joel talked about this earlier, actually QR code, connection card. Let us know. Contact Joel. Uh, say, hey, I want more information. Let Joel give you that information and let us tell you a little bit about our groups here. Because there's something about being together in that setting where we really get to understand each other. I believe it's where our faith is really strengthened. It's where our relationships do grow and we can be on mission together. Fifth thing I would say is partnering together means we give generously. When we talk about giving generously, it means we're not giving out of compulsion. We're not giving out of pressure that's put on you. But we're giving out of a a cheerful, generous heart. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Of course, in the church, everybody loves when you talk about money. So I'm not going to talk about money this morning. And uh, what I am going to say, though, is that being in partnership means we give generously. And I just want to share with you that this church has been generous this year. I am going to give you a quick financial snapshot for 2023. This is from January 1st through April 30th our budget that we have set up to date was $400,754 again this is through April 30th Um, that meant we need $22,264 every single week our giving to date has been $411,570 which means we've been bringing in $22,865 every single week that means that your giving is our giving is above budget which is amazing the better part is our spending is less than budget and so we've created a nice little buffer so far this year. So let me say thank you. This is a generous church. Continue to be generous as we build these relationships and as we're on mission together. Because that's part of partnering. Then the last thing I would say is partnering together means we support fully. As a church, we are always learning and trying to grow and understand how can we be better together uh, living out this mission um, and I know we have different opinions ideas and thoughts and what that may look like and, and I get it I know there's some of you you've like you've figured it out right you you know what the church should look like you know where it should spend its money uh, you know how the church should function you know the programs that we should have and and ad you sh- you know what the building should look like and you're just smarter than the rest of us, okay? And so I'm gonna you've been blessed, so I'm gonna just give you this blessing. Um, please go to another church and bless them with your presence and ideas and thoughts. And and I say that definitely tongue in cheek, and part of the reason is, man, I can tell you our staff, our leaders, and so many of you put so much time and thought, and effort, and prayer, to listening to God's Spirit, and what God's Spirit is saying to us, and how it's guiding us, and, and leading us, in the direction that we feel like we are called to go as we live out our mission together. Now, we don't always get it right. I, I'm not afraid to tell you that we are imperfect, that we're messy, we're jacked up in many ways, and I say that mostly because that's that's me, But but we try to do the best we can to follow God's leading, and we may Disagree sometimes what that is, but here's how this works. We agree to disagree. That we can say, you know what? I may not be fully on boards, but if this is the direction God is calling us, this is the direction that we're supposed to go, then we will support that fully. That's what partnering is. We partner together in that way, supporting each other fully. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 4. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. If more churches lived out these words from Paul, I wonder what the church world would look like today. And so we invite you to be a part and support fully what God is doing here. Now, what does this look like for you? Uh, in front of you, there's a QR code, there's a connection card. If you're a paper digital person, that's totally up to you. Um, but if maybe you're asking questions like, hey, what does partnership look like? What does that really mean? And give me some more details. We'd love to have that conversation with you. You can let us know through that connection card. Or, or I want to be baptized. I want to understand baptism. Or I'm brand new, starting point. What is that? Well, that comes up in two weeks, as Joel said. Uh, or how do I give? How do I jump into a group? How do I serve? Fill out that connection card. Again, you can do it online. You can do the paper copy. And then walk out to our guest tent. They would love to have a conversation with you about that. Because in the end, we are better together when we partner together. When we live out koinonia. When we have these relationships that we are strengthening as we work on this mission together.